The Car Doctor on AM 950 WROL. Got a car question? Call us at 617-770-3030. That's 617-770-3030. Now, here's the car doctor, John Paul, on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. everyone and welcome to the car doctor program on am 950 wrol the spirit of boston my name is john paul the car doctor here to help you with your car problems remember you can find previous programs on our podcast site actually on our website too wrolradio.com you can find podcasts or you can find nearly i don't know 40 or 50 programs on my podcast site which is johnfpaul.podomatic.com and you can also find them on itunes tune in radio stitcher and some other websites and there are also some programs on a different podcast site called Podcasts, just P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot com. And you can look for the program there, too. So if you like to listen on the Internet, you can find it there. You can find it streaming live all over the world on WROLradio.com. And uh, on Sunday nights on the business station here, AM 1260, WBIX. So you can listen to previous programs there as well. So all kinds of good stuff happening. I want to thank uh, last week Eddie Wood calling in from Wood Brothers Racing. His his driver ended up uh, in the top 20, so he did pretty good. Pretty good for a young guy, 20-something years old, 22 years old. Have you ever been driving down the road in a car? And I noticed this with my wife's car when we first got it. Driving down the road, it was raining, and noticed I didn't even need to use the windshield wipers. You know, the water was just beating right off the glass, and it was... You know, it's like, geez, you know, I, this reminds me of uh, of uh, some Rain-X on the windshield. And uh, a Rain-X is an interesting product because it helps bead the water right off the windshield. And with us on the phone is a group technical manager for the company that, well, they do a lot of different things, but one of their products is Rain-X. And Ron Fosnight is with us. Ron, good morning and welcome to the Car Doctor program here in Boston. Oh, good morning. It's glad to be here. So uh, I'm driving down the road in my wife's newer car, and I have the windshield wipers off, and the water's just beating off the windshield. And I called the dealer, and I said, uh, is this a new glass that you're using? And they said, oh, no, when we prep the cars, we actually rain X all the windows. Oh, that's a great idea, because it's amazing how much better you can see in the rain just from using rain X. It's yeah. you know, really great, especially at night. Yeah. Tell me, what's the, what's the magic in rain X? Why does it do what it does? Oh, it's a special type of a silicone formula that actually bonds to the glass. So the one end of the molecule sticks to the glass and adheres and makes it last a long time, while the other part of the molecule sticks up and repels the water. It's a really amazing thing to see. And so if, so if you actually kind of put it under a microscope, you would see this kind of odd surface shape to it, which causes that to happen? Um, yes, it actually forms a molecular layer between the uh, glass and the rain, and hmm. it just kind of pushes the rain away. Yeah. And once I do the windshield, and there's a little bit of prep involved, right? You have to make sure it's nice and clean and all of that, right? Right, because you want the rain next to be able to adhere to the glass and not to the dirt. Right. Yeah, because will be the point of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and once, I, once I do the windows, how long does it last? Uh, several weeks, um, even even up to a couple of months. Yep. And you know, it's it's not something you have to do all the time, so it's mm. really nice to use. Hmm. 
So when, you know, it used to be, you know, Rainex came in, I remember years ago, Rainex came in a little bottle. That's about, it seems like that's about all you guys had. But now there's, uh, there's a lot of products with the Rainex name on it, including a windshield washer product, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, the windshield washer fluid is great. You use it just like any other washer fluid. And when you uh, spray the windows, it um, helps repel the rain and water and helps keep your windshield cleaner. And even there's a there's a glass cleaner you folks have now too, right? Oh yeah, it's everybody loves it. It's a glass cleaner plus rain repellent built right into the glass cleaner, so it doesn't work quite as well or quite as last quite as long as a regular Rainex. But you spray and wipe, you can clean the window and uh, have it repel water at the same time. Mm. And I and I don't know that it's designed for this, but I had some and I sprayed it on the on my iPad, and it really cleaned up the iPad. Oh, okay, yeah, it's great on really any kind of glass. Yeah, is <laughs> is there other places that you can use Rainex that's really designed for car windows, but you can use it around the house? Can I can I use it on my sliding glass door, for instance? Oh, you sure can. It will help keep the glass cleaner longer. A lot of people use it in their shower doors. Anybody with glass shower doors knows that they're hard to keep clean. And the Rain-X really makes that an easier job. It, you can go longer between cleaning, and it, you know, looks better. Hmm. And did I see, did I see Rain-X wiper blades? What are those? Oh, there's uh, several different types, but uh, Rain-X has a line of high-quality wiper blades. They're available in really any auto parts store or the big box retailers. And our, our favorite one is the Rain-X Latitude, because it has right into the blade. So you mm. install the blade just like normal, run it back and forth on the glass a little bit, and it transfers Rain-X water repellency to the glass. Wow. And that's and that's built right into the wiper blade? Yes. Huh. And we don't think anybody else has that. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting product. But, you know, you talk to people, and, and uh, you know, it, it's it seemed like everybody you talk to has used the product at one point or another, and they've sort of forgotten how good it is and that's why one of the reasons i wanted to have you on was because i was the same way i you know i think when i finally ran out of rain whenever it was when i bought the bottle you know whenever i bought it it was uh you know i ran out of it and i just never bought it again and then like i said when i i drove my wife's car in the rain and i'm like this is pretty amazing stuff and but but like you said on a car that's been around for a while it is important to clean the windshield oh yes yeah, yeah definitely yeah and- i I was uh, I was in an auto parts store and I actually saw and I hadn't seen it before for glass, but uh, I've seen it for paint where people use a clay bar, a little piece of clay used to pull the dirt off of the paint, and uh, and they even have that for windshields now. So you can really get the windshield super clean before you go to apply the Rainex product. Oh yeah, and that's the best way to do it. You'll have the best vision, and the Rainex will last longest. Yeah, and. S- Suppose suppose I put the Rainex product on my car and for some reason I'm having some tr- some trouble with it. When I use the windshield wipers, they chatter or something happens and I don't like it. Can I get it off or do I oh, just sure. have to let it wear off? Um, most people let it wear off, but mm-hmm. you can get it off. We have a product called the Rainex Extreme Clean, which is a thick lotiony glass cleaner that will take the Rainex off. Because Rainex holds up to cleaners pretty well, yep. but um, this will kind of polish it right off the glass. Oh, okay. Now, the inside of car windows today with all the 
outgassing of all the plastics and rubber, get a film that builds up on the inside of the window. Is there any benefit of using Rain-X on the inside of a window? Uh, you don't want to use the regular Rain-X glass treatment. Um, you would use the Rain-X glass cleaner okay. to clean the windshield. And then we have a Rain-X anti-fog oh, really? on the inside. Yes, and that will keep the uh, water droplets from forming that haze. It makes it hard to see on a humid morning. Mm-hmm. And it you know makes that clear right up. So it's one of it's one of those things that if you have and you know sometimes you have one of those cars that even if you have the air conditioning on or you know you have a lot of people in the car and you get some fog on the inside of the windows this will actually help uh, eliminate that from happening. Oh, it sure does. It's amazing. Yeah, it it sounds it sounds like pretty good stuff. And um, one of the other things I mentioned the my wife's car when we bought it. Do other do you find other uh, professional shops, uh, detail shops, using Rainex products to really give their customers a little something special uh, when they're when they're done prepping their cars? Sure. Yeah, a lot of detail shops use it. It's it's a real good add on for them. Uh, the customers appreciate it, and it's a quick and easy way for them to you know put an extra little service out there. So even for somebody who, you know, maybe they're not buying the, the Rain-X wiper blades, they, you know, buy, you know, buy whatever brand of wiper blades they like, but maybe before putting those brand new wiper blades on their car, go out there with the windshield cleaner, get it all good and clean, and then, and then um, use the Rain-X product. So now all of a sudden you have Rain-X on the windshield, which helps bead the water away from the windshield, but now you also have a good set of wiper blades behind it, in, so when you actually do need the windshield wipers. Oh yeah, and that's a perfect combination. Yeah. How and, about uh, how about you know sp- spring is coming eventually. You know, here in here in Boston, I'm still looking at a 6-foot pile of the dirtiest snow I've ever seen looking out the window. And but you know, spring will be here eventually, but with spring also means a lot of bugs in the air, which means bug splatter all over the windshield. Does Rainix help uh keep the windshield clean or, or is it easy to clean the windshield once it's been Rainixed? Uh, yes, if you have a clean, you know, nice fresh coating of Rain-X, it's, it's much easier to clean. Oh. And one thing we found that's kind of surprising is if you have Rain-X on your windshield in the winter, the ice does not adhere as, as much. So oh. it's much easier to clean your window. So as we're, as we're ending February and going into March, and here in New England we may have some more snow yet, uh, so it's, it does make it a little bit easier to keep everything clean in the way you, the way you want. And, and clean windows are safe windows, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's more snow, but there's also frost coming. And, you know, scraping the frost off the window is not a lot of fun. Mm. <laughs> it just makes it much easier. No, good, very good point. So, Radex products uh, available in all auto parts stores, Amazon, just about anywhere, right? Exactly. All the main auto parts stores, uh, major, most major retailers that have an auto parts department. Yeah, and uh, also probably big department stores like Target and Walmart, right? Sure. Yes, definitely. Well, it's like I said, it's a product that honestly I forgot about I, uh, until I actually drove a car with with Rain-X on the windows. One final thing. Suppose I have a bottle of Rain-X that's been, you know, I, I found it at the back of a shelf somewhere. How long does Rain-X last? Does it have a shelf life? Uh, it lasts a long time, although it can it can dry out. So as long as it hasn't dried out, it should be fine. So as long as the cover's on good and tight, you're all good to go? Uh, yes. And I w- if you have a really old one, I'd try a small spot and yeah. you know, make sure it's still in good shape. So if I, so if I have a, a Rain-X that's in a metal can, it's probably been around too long, huh? 
<laughs> that would be ancient. <laughs> Ron, thanks for taking some time out and of your Saturday morning and helping educate our listeners about Rainex products. I know I have a, a sample or two to give away, and I think I even saw a Rainex wipe, maybe like a like a uh, yes. yeah. What's yeah, we have, what's that one? Well, Rain, Rainex wipes are just very convenient. You can keep them in the car and use them whenever you need them. So for somebody who doesn't want to store a bottle or, or who only uses it infrequently, they're very convenient. So if I, uh, you know, I just drove through, uh, you know, the, the seven-year Locust and I pulled into the gas station, cleaned the windshield off, then I could take out the Rainex wipe, just do the windshield real quick, and I'll be good to go again for the next rainstorm. Right. You're good to go. You don't have to worry about storing a bottle and you're you're set perfect ron thanks again for taking a little time out of your saturday well thanks a lot it's been a pleasure all right take care now that was ron foster he is the uh group technical manager for itw they are the company that we know that uh has rainex and rainex a, a good quality product that uh does a nice job of keeping all the water off your windshield and again i i'm uh gonna get my windshields good and clean and use it why don't we take a quick break Uh, When we come back, we have a couple things going on. If all things go correctly, we're going to be talking to someone who's down in Miami, Florida, who has a really interesting car show and food experience. Can't wait to hear what this is all about. My name's John Paul. You're listening on Salem Radio Boston. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. At Sullivan Tire and Auto Service, we offer the largest variety of quality road-gripping tires at the best prices around. Sullivan Tire is proud to be New England's Michelin Tire headquarters. And now through February 29th, save big on all Michelin tires. Buy any four Michelin tires and receive a $70 mail-in rebate. Michelin tires are known for their great tread design, durability, and handling. So it's the perfect time to save big on such tires as the Michelin Premier AS, safe when new, safe when worn, and the Michelin Premier LTS. Remember to call in for or book online our comprehensive Vehicle inspection. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect tire and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Don't miss your chance to drive home in a new set of quality Michelin tires and save $70 by mail in rebate. Hurry, offer ends February 29th. This is a dealer funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit a Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Hello, I'm Kevin Chrism. And I'm Spencer Smith. And we're the hosts of Sunrise Sports, aired every Saturday from 7 to 7.30 a.m. on WRL 9.50 a.m. We're both sophomores at Boston College High School and Catholic Memorial High School. We're South Shore guys with a love of all things sports. If there's a ball, puck, stick, or glove involved, we're talking about it on Sunrise Sports. We're both proud to say that Sunrise Sports has been on the air for about a year now. And what makes our sports program so unique is that it's from our teenage perspective. But don't let our age fool you. We can go to bat with any seasoned sports guru and are known to have them on as guests. If you are interested in sponsoring our program, please reach out to us at kb.chrism18 at students.bchigh.edu. I'll repeat that. kb.chrism18 at students.bchigh.edu or spencer13smith, exactly how it sounds, at gmail.com. Repeating that, spencer13smith at gmail.com, 13 as a number. We'd love to have your business on Sunrise Sports. You're listening to The Car Doctor. 
and welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Let's take a quick call here. Let's go to Sal. Good morning, Sal. Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Very good. I called you before. Uh, listen, I got a 2005 Honda Pilot. Yep. Okay. And uh, in that cold weather we had that Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. the next day the check engine light came on. So I took it down to one of the auto store guys, and they plugged in the computer thing and all that, and they said it was the thermostat. So then I, I said, well, let me check again. I was going to get an opinion. I went to another one, and they said the same thing. So it could be the thermostat or the uh, catalyst converter? Mm, wouldn't be one or the other. It would. Oh, if... uh, uh, this is what they're saying. Yeah. So... I went down to a local garage, and yep. he had this big computer thing, and he yep. plugged it in, and he said the same thing. He said, let me turn it off. Now, that was, I think that was last Thursday. Yep. So it's been off. So I did have the radiator changed maybe, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to say close to a year. Okay. Should they have changed the thermostat when they did that? They, you know, normally when you do a cooling system service like that, change a major component like a radiator, you will certainly um, change the thermostat just because you don't want to have any other problems. So for the price of a thermostat, it makes sense to change it. But if the thermostat was, if the thermostat was stuck open just a little bit and the engine and the engine was running long enough where the computer knew that the engine should be getting hot and it was you know running at 180 degrees or 170 degrees and the computer knows hey you've been running for 15 or 20 minutes you should be over 200 degrees it will turn on a check engine light well, so the the code is engine running cooler than normal so that could be what it was i think it was because it was having a hard time in that cold weather yep. below zero it was having a hard time reaching a temperature. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would I would say yeah, I would say definitely, you know, thermostat was it then. Then that's probably what it was because yeah. next day it went on and it was on for three days. It's okay, let me check over here. And and so far, knock on wood, it hasn't been on. You know? Yeah, I think I think uh, that was the easy fix for it and that took care of it. So yeah. sounds it was good. Uncostly fix. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, All right. Take care, Sal. Bye-bye. Yep. Keep listening. Thank you, Sal. <laughs> Bye-bye. So, do you own a brand-new Ford F-150? Well, you might get a recall notice in the mail. Uh, it's not. It doesn't affect very many. This recall is related to occupant classification systems. Associated with the F-150 front passenger seat and some vehicles, specifically those with multi-contoured seats, the system may mistakenly identify adult passengers as children and disable the passenger airbag. That would increase the risk of injury to passengers in the event of a crash. The glitch only appears to happen when multi-contour front seat massage function is turned on. So this is a this is a high-end. 2016 Ford F-150, so the pickup truck with the massage function. But just the idea that, uh, you know, it has it has that feature I thought was just sort of funny. But that is something that we've actually started to see because airbag systems in cars are starting to register weight. So they can actually, 
know how heavy the person is in the car, and because of that, that can have that can have an effect on whether the airbag system works or not. So you need to just be aware of that. Also, if you own a 2015 or 2016 Ford Transit wagon. You may find that it's going to be recalled, too. According to Ford, the rear seatbelt buckles in some transits have been damaged when the owners have placed heavy cargo on top of them. If the damage is severe enough, it can prevent buckles from latching properly, boosting the chance of injury during a collision. The recall is limited to vehicles that were manufactured at the Ford Kansas City Assembly Plant between early 2014 and 2016. So I think I'm about due for a trip down to Miami. And um, and I understand there is a quite an interesting sort of car show of sorts that's going on. It's called Miami Supercar Rooms. And it's sort of a combination of luxury restaurant and luxury cars. And with us is the founder of... Uh, Miami Supercar Rooms, Elo. Good morning. Hi. Hi, how are you? Very well. Sunny Miami saying good morning. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, sunny Boston and it's 22 degrees. Well, it's a little warmer <laughs> over here, but the sun is what matters. <laughs> it, it really does. So tell us a little bit about this whole uh, Miami Supercars concept and, you know, what what kind of brought it together and what was the, what was the kind of basis? What was the idea behind it? Well, my wife and I own a museum in London called the London Motor Museum. It's the only independent museum in London. We have over 247 cars. And London being so London, it got so boring. People will not really do funky stuff and crazy stuff. We tried a few times. We were told, no, you've got to respect the queen. So we had to stay in line. And then we came out to Miami. Accidentally, we drove through Wynwood. Mm-hmm. We love the area. It's the art district of Miami. Graffiti's everywhere. People did whatever they liked. Everything was kind of permittable. So I thought, great. Now, my wife loves restaurants. I like cars. Whenever we went to London in restaurants, I always parked my car about a mile away from the restaurant. And I used to get so worried. I was never comfortable in the restaurant. My wife would say, well, stop. Get comfortable. And I wouldn't. And I would make excuses to go to the restroom just to go look at my car. After a while, I said, you know what, Mommy? I called my wife, Mommy. I said, Mommy, the day you get me into a restaurant, I can drive my car inside the restaurant. I'm yours, all yours. Well, this is what we are. We are a gallery, first and foremost, Mm -hmm. with a concept of dining. And you can drive your supercar or you can come and sit next to one of our supercars and dine right next to it whilst enjoying the beautiful artistic and, and you know, pleasures of being in a room full of steel, oil, automobiles, and fuel. And some of the cars, I saw some of the listings of some of the cars. You have uh, some incredible cars that are on sort of a permanent display. Correct. The gallery hosts 12 of our most prestigious cars out of my museum in London. We have a 1935 Delay Pacific, one of one in the world. 1937 Delay Bucknori, which is one of two in the world. 1932 Rolls Royce Bucciali, which we call the Booch, which is mm-hmm. one of one in the world. Uh, 1962 Ferrari SP, one of 11 in the world, worth millions and millions of dollars. That's uh, so probably the most precious toy I have in here. And mm-hmm. uh, 1958 Maserati. 
So just imagine you having a to dine next to a you know four or five million dollar car. I guess you feel very uncomfortable, but most people feel very comfortable. It's a one in a lifetime experience, it's, and everybody it, who comes to Miami should experience it. it. It sounds it, and also, do I understand that you rotate through different chefs? So, Correct. so the cuisine kind of can change from month to month. Yes. Basically, we didn't want it to be very stagnant and very, you know, I've been there, I've done that, I've mm -hmm. worn a t-shirt, and therefore I don't go back. We actually do rotate through 12 different chefs, once every month of the year, and we bring different types of foods. Miami is a seasonal town with people we have right now, we have what they call the snowbirds from up north by Boston, New York, mm -hmm. coming down to Miami. So we kind of understand that that's a kind of clientele in Miami, so we cater for them. And then in the summer, we have all the Europeans that come, so we'll be doing a lot more European food. For now, we're doing a very special ceviche um, a chef called Chef Rafael. He's a specialist in ceviche from Peru, and people are loving it. Next month, we'll be going for a more Boston-type food, um, which will be right up your alley. So we hopefully have you down, a company called uh, Beaker's Gray. Uh, doing the cuisine mm. and the chef Brian, he's from Boston. So wow! So you you have you have all of this going on, and is it is it a casual vibe? Is it a dressy vibe? Is it a club vibe? What what's it like? It's a car vibe. What it is? It's imagine cabanas. Okay. It's it's just imagine cabanas. You okay. Know, I mean, your viewers should imagine a cabana, but rather than having the pool, you have a forty foot. Um, special custom bar built on a 1972 C30 pickup truck that we bought from Fast and Furious. Okay. The movie. And you, you're basically having an atmosphere of a cabana atmosphere, but with a car replacing the pool. And you have live music sometimes. We mm -hmm. have like, we have a cool Corona Sundays where we have live music, Latin live music. And then we have different nights where we just have house DJs that play it whilst you're dining. So it's a it's a kind of a, a mongoloid between a a restaurant, a gallery, a cool bar lounge vibe with just the coolest people. Dress code is just be yourself, be a car guy. That's what you gotta know. Take your dictionary out, be a car guy and you're all right up our alley. That's it. So I can so I can show up in flip flops? You can show up in flip flops. We have no dress codes like like that. I mean, we just want people to be car guys. Yep. If you have a knowledge of cars, then you're good to go. If so, you have fuel in your veins, then you're good. So, so a little gasoline in your veins, you're you're good to go. If you like to eat, even better. You're good. If, you're good to go. If you and and uh, seven days a week, five days a week. When 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 can we go? The gallery is actually open seven days a week, okay. um, but the dining experience is only open on weekends. We're predominantly a gallery with a dining element to it, so we're not having to do food all through the week. Um, as time moves on, maybe the city will give us more lenient time, but for now, we just have dining for Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays only. So, And we only have six tables, mm -hmm. so we get pretty booked. I mean, we're fully booked for the month of March. It's a very busy period, and especially with Chef Brian, who is uh, from Boston. He has a good following of good people from mm -hmm. up north. But um, it's also the same week we have Winter Music Conference. We have the Miami Open. 
and we're already fully booked for the month of March, so now we're taking bookings for April. And if uh, myself and my producer, Marita, and my wife wanted to come down and host a little party for our uh, friends in, uh, in Miami, down into Hollywood and Fort Lauderdale, put a little party together for 10 or 12 people, could I do that? Of course, you can. We have another room, which is called the gallery, which is the room that has the most expensive toys. We do special events and special gatherings there for up to 30 people. So if somebody wanted to book the space to be able to use it during the week or even the weekends, we can possibly make that available, yes. It sounds perfect. And if people want to find out more information about Miami Supercar Rooms, how would they, how would they do that? Would they just go online? They go online and they just come to Miami. I guess the word in Miami today is Miami Supercar Rooms. There you go. <laughs> It sounds perfect. Thank you for taking a little time out of your Saturday morning in, uh, in the uh, Florida sunshine and joining us up here in Boston. Thank you so much. And uh, we wait to, we're waiting on you. I've got my seats ready for you. Okay. All right. Take All care. Right. My, wife, my wife is going now. She'll, she'll, meet, she'll meet me down there. So. Perfect. Take, Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. That was Elo. He, it's 250 cars in his... London Museum? Well then. I think I need to take another I think I need to take another break and decompress after that. I'm I don't know. Great food, great cars, little intimate setting of six tables. Eight tables and a bar that's in the back of a Fast and Furious uh Chevy pickup truck. Sounds like a good time. When we come back, we have uh, we have a review to talk about the uh, Land Rover LR4 HSE Lux Edition. Also, we want to talk to you about your car, your car problems, and we also have Rick's question of the week. And maybe we'll even throw out an easy trivia question for to give away a sample of Rainex. Oh, and we also have a sample of another product, and Marita might like this. You you like nice shiny black tires on your car? Everybody does, right? How would you like shiny black tires with a little sparkle to them afterwards? So it kind of reflects a little bit. A little blingy tires. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got a can of that coming, too. So, yeah, it's perfect. So why don't we take a quick little break? My name is John Paul. This is the Car Doctor Program. Our phone lines are open at 617-770-3030. 617-770-3030. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. 
Salem Media Group Boston, changing the spiritual climate of New England one listener at a time. My name is Mary Ann Miner, and I live down the Cape here in Orleans. I'm a great fan of WEZE and WROL. You had some amazing Christian groups and churches, and I called to tell you how much I love the books that Pastor Bill Brace sent to me at no charge. And another beautiful thing happened this week. I called Joan Hunt, and they sent me a beautiful booklet on boundaries, and that was great. Thank you again for your wonderful radio group. You are so special to all of us, so I thank you. AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston, and 590 The Word, W-E-Z-E. And don't forget, you can listen online anytime from Cape Cod to Cape Canaveral, Florida, to Cape Town, South Africa. We've got you covered worldwide on WEZRadio.com or WROLradio.com. And thanks for listening. Now at Sullivan Tire and Auto Service through February 29th. Get up to a $70 mail-in rebate when you buy any four BF Goodrich tires in stock. We stock quality BF Goodrich tires for whatever you drive, like the BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAK02 or the Advantage TA. All at great prices and in stock now at Sullivan Tire. Remember to call in for or book online our comprehensive vehicle inspection. Our ASC certified technicians will check out your battery and charging system, radiator and antifreeze, inspect your tires and air pressure, brakes, all system fluids, steering and suspension, belts, hoses, the exhaust system, exterior lights, wiper blades, and more. Right now, don't miss the chance to drive home in a new set of quality BF Goodrich tires and save up to $70 by mail-in rebate. Now through February 29th. Sullivan Tire is your BF Goodrich headquarters. Call 877-592-TIRE or visit SullivanTire.com. This is a dealer-funded promotion. See SullivanTire.com or visit a Sullivan Tire location for complete details. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. Welcome back to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL and AM 1260 WBIX. If you're listening on Sunday night, uh, if people only knew what we talked about during the breaks, and and maybe if uh, Periscope was up, which is another social media app, which uh, Maria loves, by the way. She's all about the scope. Uh, but it's a way that you can, and you have to follow her on Twitter. It's a whole, ex- whole thing, but people watch from around the world but we have uh sometimes it gets a little odd in here that's all i'll say and maybe it's marita she had to come in early this morning and and fill in so it could be the red bull we don't know but uh i want to thank elo for uh joining us this morning and we will have that podcast up a little bit later and uh miami supercar rooms is the website so check it out uh it looks it looks pretty 
fabulous, actually. Although I saw a YouTube video, and one of the Ferraris, and I'm pretty sure it was a Ferrari that was on display. Uh, apparently, he whoever owned it did not make someone happy because someone keyed the entire car. Oh and yeah, so it was. Uh, so I thought that was sort of interesting. Speaking of Ferraris, and I was watching Chronicle the other night, and there's a McLaren dealership that has opened up here on the North Shore in Norwell, and uh, it's uh, apparently it's owned by the guy who used to own a Chevrolet dealership in Brockton, Danny DeSantis, which who is a uh, a very good offshore racer too. He uh, he had a he had a very competitive offshore race boat, but uh, on. On display inside his uh, dealership is a uh, a Ferrari that I guess the price tag on it's about three and a half million dollars. So it's uh, so if you're interested in buying a three and a half million dollar car and driving it to Miami and parking it inside the Miami supercar room, you could do that, I suppose, too. So our phone number six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Easy trivia question, I think, for old car guys and women. Buick, Buick was founded by a guy named Buick, David Buick, actually. But before he built cars, what did he do? What did he, what was his, he was sort of an inventor of sorts. But give me the field that he did his inventing in. So if you know the answer to that, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. And we will give you, I don't know, some Rain-X and... Some this it's actually a pretty interesting product. It's a tire shine that adds a little bit of sparkle to the tires and actually adds a little reflectivity to it too. So kind of interesting. I want to talk about the car that got me here today, and that is the 2016 Land Rover LR4, which stands apart from the competition with its tall, boxy shape, giving this luxury SUV a classic, purposeful look. The LR4 comes in five trim levels, base, HSE, HSE Lux, Landmark, and Silver Editions. All versions use the same supercharged 3-liter V6 engine connected to an 8-speed automatic transmission. My road test was in the sort of middle one, the HSE Lux version. The cabin's a very nice place to spend some time. The seats are very comfortable and supportive and offer a commanding view of the road. The overall head and legroom was very good in both rows of seats, front and middle. Our LF4 also had two flat folding seats um, in the rear cargo area to boost seating. As comfortable as the two front rows are, the third row doesn't look that comfortable more for, I would say, between climbing in and out of there. And uh, I would say more of kind of an occasional use, at least in my opinion. Um, it's a luxury SUV and it shows in the quality of materials. The leather has uh, just this good nice feel to it the the uh, leather is stitched in a french seam so a double seam on the stitching which just again gives it that nice upscale look the controls are generally well designed and easy to use the radio and navigation system seems improved in this model but can still be a bit distracting distracting and clumsy when trying to do simple things like ch change the radio station from one band to another so from am to fm fm to satellite whatever the, uh, 
it seems like it could be better still. The dual zone climate control works quickly and quietly, and both the front and rear seat passengers get heated seats. There's two glove compartments, a large center console, cup holders, map pockets, giving the LR4 plenty of storage for personal items. Safety is addressed with a complete complement of airbags, front and rear parking aids, backup camera, brilliant xenon headlights, and rain-sensing wipers. On the road, the 6,000-pound SUV is very quiet with little wind or road noise entering the cabin. Also, there's technically three sunroofs in this. It has a slide-open sunroof over the pass- over the front seat, a middle sunroof, and a rear sunroof, and adds a lot of light into the cabin. Uh, Land Rover products are some of the most capable vehicles off-road. The selectable four-wheel drive system easily turns a novice driver into an off-road pro. Uh, different driving surfaces require various off-road techniques. With the LR4, it's as easy as selecting the correct setting. There's a little pictogram so you can, oh, I'm in snow, I'm in mud, I'm in rocks, I'm in wet grass. You just pick the button you want. Our LR4 also had the optional locking rear differential and two-speed transfer case, making the LR4 nearly unstoppable. Too bad we don't have four feet of snow, so I can see if I can get it stuck. But we'll try not to do that. There are very few vehicles that can match the off-road capabilities of this vehicle. And uh, it's just, it's, I have driven vehicles like this in serious off-road conditions uh, out at uh, Impeteste and actually at the Land Rover School. And if you ever have a chance to go to that as a Land Rover owner, it's certainly worth doing it. They do it up at uh, Mount Equinox, and I happen to do the one down in the Carolinas. But just a good time. The 340-horsepower engine can move the LR4 to 60 miles an hour in about seven seconds, I would say. Uh, not bad for a car that weighs as much as it does. The brakes are powerful, easy to control on or off-road. Fuel economy is not the LR4's strong point, with the EPA saying you'll get about 15 miles per gallon in the city, 19 miles on the highway. I'm seeing more like 16 or 17. So, again, fuel economy, not the strong point of this vehicle. Uh, it also has uh, auto shutoff, so when you come to a light and you're waiting, it shuts the engine off to save fuel. Helps a little bit, I suppose. The bottom line is there are very few SUVs that can offer this level of ability both on and off-road while still improving the luxury, while still providing a luxury car feel. If you're looking for a go-anywhere luxury SUV, the LF4 deserves a look. Although, if you never go off-road, there might be some other vehicles that you might like better, but if you want to kind of stand out from the crowd a little bit, the LR4 is a pretty good choice. It seats up to seven. It requires premium fuel, fuel economy again, 15 city, 19 highway. You're going to spend about $3,100 a year in fuel, according to the EPA sticker. It hasn't been crash tested yet. There is a full-size spare tire as an option, an actual real spare tire on a real wheel. The base price, $50,400, which is actually a pretty good bargain. I was talking to somebody just the other day who bought a Jeep that was $51,000. Our as-tested price, because we got the um, better all-wheel drive system, the seating for seven, and the... uh, Seating for seven, all-wheel drive. In the low-speed transfer case, that added a little bit. So as tested, 64000 You would shop it against something like a Mercedes GLE, maybe a Volvo XC90, or a Lexus GX, something in that category. Well, we have people still on hold. And here's, here's what's going to happen. Because we have this uh, tire cleaner product, everybody's going to be a winner. The, 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 uh, so... Uh, We'll mail that out, but only one person will get Rain-X because I didn't get a lot of Rain-X, actually. So I think I got uh, just a couple samples, one for me to try and uh, one to give away. 
So let's start with uh, Peter on line one. Peter? Peter? Yes, how are you? I'm good, and you? How's things, how's things Ed Sling? Good, Ed Sling. Good. We found one uh, um, car in storage 40 years in Derry, New Hampshire. Wow. Yeah, range of two-door hardtop, 58. Now, yeah. sometimes I've noticed when cars are in storage, sometimes they're put in storage because they broke. Yeah, well, that that's the big question, right? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. do we have after we started? Yeah, uh, I, because uh, 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 a friend of mine, Glenn Gould, whose uh, family owned the Wells Auto Museum, he would every every once in a while he would find one of these cars nailed up in a barn somewhere, and it seemed like more times than not it was there because the you know crankshaft was broken or yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Well, with the Etzel, uh, it, it was interesting that the dealers would would offer you a hundred to two hundred dollars to keep the Etzel. Really? Yeah, they didn't. They didn't want them on the lot uh, in the early sixties. Uh, there's quite a few of uh, the club members told the story that uh, they went to trade their car, and the dealer would say, "Well, if you bring the car, it's twenty two hundred. If you don't bring the car, it's twenty one hundred." Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. They because they didn't want the Mariah sitting there. You so know? so they so they could certainly be some that were still drivable and and fine that were put up somewhere that somebody just decided to use it as a farm car or something for a while and then stick it in the barn. Absolutely, huh. absolutely, because yeah. they had absolute no value. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess I guess that's almost like a Volkswagen diesel right now. Until yeah. they, they figure that whole thing out. So. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah that's a big one. Mm. Uh, so, what do you think, Peter? It's uh, he um, plumbing. He put the enamel on uh, tubs and sinks and. Oh yeah, he was he he figured it out. So yeah. I'll tell you what, you stay right there. We'll get your address, but also Richard and Eddie, uh, you will also be a winner as well so so uh richard and eddie stay right there don't go away marita will get your uh names and addresses so uh so you you're gonna get something well i don't know how fabulous but you'll get something fabulous <laughs> all right peter stay right there okay okay john all thank right. you thank you so if you were one of the three people that called in and maxed out the phone calls let's well, let's go to line three let's go to eddie paul eddie how are you good how are you Good. Also, he invented the lawn sprinkler. Really? Yes. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that little bit of. Uh... Yeah, my grandfather always had a Buick, and every time the grandkids would get in the car, he'd tell us, "I'm driving around in a lawn sprinkler." Hmm. And for years, we never knew what the heck he was talking about. And then uh, a couple of years ago, my brother Googled Buick, and yep. sure enough. The first guy, yes, he did develop the uh, coating on cast iron. Yeah, yeah. But he also uh, invented the first lawn sprinkler. The first lawn sprinkler. I wonder. I wonder which one he made the most money on. <laughs> because you know, because all the original car companies, they, they all pretty much almost went bankrupt. You 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 look back at you know we had uh, we had a guy who uh, on a month and a half ago. Uh, Wayne Miller, who wrote a book about the early days, and you look back at that, and you know all those early car companies, you know, floundered on bankruptcy more times than not. So he probably made more money selling, you know, figuring out how to put enamel on cast iron and selling lawn sprinklers than than uh, than uh, selling Buicks. Quite possible. Yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Tell you what, Eddie, we'll put you on hold. We'll send you something you probably don't want, but you get it anyway. So thank you. That's John. how it is. All right. Have a great all weekend. Right. All right, you too, Eddie. Thank you. So Marita will take care of Eddie.
And uh, Rick wanted to know driving techniques and tips when you're driving into the sun that's so bright and blinding your ability to see clearly. Well, when I first learned some traffic safety stuff, the uh, guy who actually taught the class was a guy, Dr. I'm going to say William Kennel, but it might have not been William, but his last name was Kennel. And he was the father of driver education. And he lived in the Virginia area, and the office for, that he worked out of was in one area of town. And he had looked at two lots of land where to build a house. And he picked the lot where he lived because that way it was on the, um, it was south of the office. Or actually, I guess it was, technically it was east of the office. And I said, well, why'd you do that? And he said, that way the sun was always at my back. When I was driving to work, the sun was at my back. And when I was driving home from work, the sun was always at my back. So what do you do when you're driving in a bright sunlight like that? Well, certainly your sun visor can help. Sunglasses can help. Uh, but sometimes, especially this time of year, when uh, early in the spring, late in the fall, when the sun is very low in the horizon, it just shoots right in the windshield. So what do you do if you can't see? Well, you've got to slow way down. That's what you have to do. You know, if you can't block the sun so you can see, so many times around this time of year, people get hit in crosswalks because people get totally blinded by the sun and they keep on driving. Well, you, if you can't see where you're going, slow down to a crawl so you can see where you're going. Occasionally, on Route 495 in the morning on the way to work, if the sun is just right, it actually slows traffic down because it blinds people. Same thing coming in and out of some of the tunnels. You have to watch out for that, too. So, But the best thing you can do is slow way down, sunglasses, sun visors, um, those flip-down visors that use a piece of good polarized glass can help. Uh, but polarized sunglasses will help eliminate a lot of glare. But that's really just about it. So there's the answer. If you have a question about your car, our phone number is 617 770 3030 I got an email from uh, insure.com, I think it's from. And it says, uh, the Honda Odyssey is more than a suburban staple and efficient mover of kids, pets, and groceries. Turns out it can move some money back into your pocket. According to insure.com, the annual ranking of the most and least expensive vehicles to insure found the family-friendly Honda Odyssey LX to be the cheapest among 2,300 vehicles. You want the most expensive one? Go out and buy a Dodge Viper. Uh, annual premium for the Viper is $4,000. I guess that doesn't sound terrible for a Viper, but how many times are you really going to drive it? Three times more than Honda Odyssey. Um, but it sounds kind of interesting. The, the, uh, the Honda Odyssey, least expensive, followed by the CRV, good choice, Dodge Caravan, Jeep Patriot Sport, Jeep Wrangler, Jeep Compass, Ford Escape. Buick Encore, the Sprinkler, the Buick Encore, uh, Jeep Cherokee Sport, Nissan Frontier, most expensive uh, in order from least to most, Porsche 911 Carrera GT3, Audi RS7, Land Rover Range Rover SV Autobiography Black, that's just a really, really fancy Range Rover, 
A Nissan GTR Nismo, that is the uh, sport version of an already ridiculously sporty car. Porsche Panamera S Executive. Mercedes S63 AMG Formatic, which is a really nice car. Mercedes S600. Mercedes SL65, again, another really nice car. And Dodge Viper GT. Of the most expensive cars here, let's see, what have I road tested? Dodge Viper in one version or another. SL65 AMG, yes. Mercedes S600 by Turbo, don't think so. S63 AMG, maybe. Porsche Panamera, never have driven a Porsche Panamera. Nissan GTR, I have driven. BMW M6, no, but I've driven a 6 Series BMW. Uh, Land Rover, Range Rover, SV, sort of. Audi RS7, got a speeding ticket in it. Well, a warning. And Porsche 911 Carrera have driven that, so. So, uh, car insurance companies determine rates and many risk factors, including make, model, past claims, claim costs. Cars that have fewer claims and cost less to repair are the ones you're going to do better on repairs. So, apparently, it's a good choice. However, car insurance premiums can vary greatly by state, it says here. As an example, the annual car insurance premium could cost as low as $651 for a Honda Odyssey in Maine, while the same owner in Michigan would pay $2,300. A Dodge Viper owner in North Carolina would only pay $2,000. But for some reason, if you own a Viper in Montana, why would this be? You're going to spend $8,000 to insure a Dodge Viper in Montana. The average rates uh, are for a 40-year-old single male driver with a good driving record. So... Kind of a kind of an interesting sort of, but I still wonder why why uh, maybe because there's only maybe there's only one Dodge Viper in Montana and that person just doesn't have a very good driving record. Maybe that's it. Our phone number six one seven seven six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty is how you get through and talk to us about your car. You would think I'm tired like Marina is because she was the one who got here really early today. But she's fine. She's all like hyped up on Red Bull and yeah. What is what are you eating? Uh, some trail mix. Uh, some trail trail mix. Yeah, okay. we just had a caller who said, "Why are you so happy?" <laughs> are you <laughs> not usually happy? I said I'm happy because I'm producing the car doctor. Oh, okay, good, yeah. good, an- good yeah. answer. See? Yeah, good answer. <laughs> all right. So uh, our phone number again: six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty six one seven seven seventy thirty thirty. Let's talk to uh, Paul and Braintree. Hey, Paul. Hi. She always sounds happy. I think so. Yeah, I've never heard her not sound happy. I well, she she wasn't happy when the other studio when the other station went off the air, but but that oh. but that was it, it had nothing to do with not being happy. It was just frustration. Oh. Was it supposed to go off the air? No, they're never oh. supposed to go off the air. Oh, but, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I didn't, didn't yeah. know. Uh, no, it was, it was uh, WJDA. That's right. No, no, oh, it was. Oh, uh, no, no. no, this was just. Uh, no, it just uh, it was supposed to be on, and for some reason something happened, and and uh, people couldn't listen to ask the pharmacist. So, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that can happen. Yeah. But, bad prescription, I guess. I guess. Yeah. The uh, I, I clearly don't have enough to do to ask this question, but I'm here. And I dialed or pushed the buttons to get here. So, yeah, um, you, you just you just showed your age for a second by saying you dialed. Yeah, I yeah, realized that. Yeah. Well, um, the gray hair also shows. That. Yeah, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day who was in her twenties, and I asked her if she ever, besides being at work, ever used a phone with a cord connected to it. Hmm. And she went, "Nope, never." 
I was watching a movie the other day, and it had phone booths in it. Yeah, yeah. How often? How often do you see those? Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, they're not. not yeah, I don't think there are any. Um, that's the reason I called. Um, I've been noticing that the Subaru commercials have changed, and they no longer call themselves Subaru dealerships of New England. It's the Subaru retailers of New England. Do you know why the change? And doesn't make any difference. No, I don't. I don't, I don't know why. No, because Ernie Bach Jr. still owns the distributorship. Yeah. So I mean, he sold all his other car dealerships except the Ferrari dealership. Mm -hmm. Uh, but all the other, and he's doing the PR for, I think he has a contract for a year that he's going to do the kind of advertising for all of, for the other few dealerships. But as far as the distributorship, unless, unless there was a kind of a legal name change, unless the dealerships were somehow tied into the distributorship in some financial way, but no, I don't, I, don't, I think it just, it, it, it just sounds funny. I mean, yeah. you ever hear, call their, you know, sounds like they're talking about Macy's yeah. <laughs> instead of, uh. Uh, Subaru retailers, yeah, not Subaru dealers. No, that's 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 interesting. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take a careful listen and see what the answer is. But uh, as far as as far as I know, uh, um, I, I, about about a year ago, I happened to run into Ernie Bach at the press preview at the New York Auto Show, and he was just kind of wandering around, and we chit chatted a little bit. Not that I really know him, but uh, we chit chatted a little bit about you know cars in general, and you know how Subaru's doing, and and he didn't. He did mention that uh, Subaru models have gotten a little bit bigger over time. They're they're more of a uh, kind of a mid-sized car in a lot of cases now. And I asked him about that, and he said, "You know what? What caused that to happen was one guy at Subaru said, you know, if we're going to sell more cars in America, we got to make the cars bigger." Mm-hmm. And they listened, and it was kind of funny. I remember being at a meeting where his father was there, and back then you could buy a front-wheel drive Subaru or a rear-wheel drive Subaru. And the difference in the two cars was about $900. So his father looked at the, the Subaru guy from Japan and said, why are we doing this? Why don't we just sell all-wheel drive Subarus? And this is the guy who owns the distributorship. You would think, you know, you would think he'd know how much the difference price was in the two cars. But he's like, why would we bother even bringing front-wheel drive cars in if the all-wheel drive car is less than $1,000? And it fits New England so much better than front-wheel drive. And they kind of went over in a corner and talked and came back and said, all new Subarus will just be all-wheel drive. So the decision was made literally standing standing at the Lars Anderson Auto Museum. I wonder if Donald Trump listens to Ernie Bach Jr. as well as... I, you know, hard, hard to say. Hard to say. Uh Yep. Interesting. You know. Well, I guess he's a big supporter of people. Well, well he's, you know, I, I, guess, uh, I guess Donald was at uh, Ernie's house, so... Oh. Another place I've yet to be, by the way. So Plush, but not overly ostentatious. Um, no, I think it's over. I believe it's overly ostentatious. ostentatious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know uh, he's uh, he's. I, I I guess we're friends on Facebook, and uh, you know he has the beautiful house down on the vineyard, and and not many pictures of the house in Norwood, but um, he apparently has a place up in Vermont with a big dock that looks like a guitar, and he also, I guess, now has a has a home on. Saint something or other, some some Caribbean islands. So, and you know, it's easy for him to get around because he's got his own jet and his own band or who? Well, the band, the band, I don't think is doing that much these days. But the uh, but every time I drive by the Norwood Airport, his jet's usually sitting in a hangar over there. So interesting character. He certainly is. Oh well, um, 
but uh, so that was the my reason for calling is what just was curious why it became. Yep. They became retailers and not dealerships. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's, you know, uh, you know, maybe some marketing person said, we got to stop calling them dealerships. People don't like going to a car dealer. Maybe they'll like going to retailers. I didn't know whether it had anything to do with, with Tesla uh, going, seemed to be going that direction. Yeah, uh, I mean, in, it could in, be. I mean, Tesla. They have a, they're right next to a, a restaurant. In, yeah, uh, in a, and I still, I'm still not sure how Tesla is selling cars because technically they can't. Um, mm-hmm. Because in Massachusetts, like almost every state, you can't be a distributor who sells. You can't be a manufacturer who sells cars. You have to go through a dealer network, mm-hmm. and uh, Tesla is not. That is not a. That is still a Tesla-owned store. So I'm not sure how they're actually managing to skirt around the rules, unless the cars are still actually being sold out of a dealership in New York, which is kind of how it happened. Probably there's a beautiful red one in at uh, Derby Street in their dealership, and. Um it used to be a bakery, but yeah. It, it well, does if, fit in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, if it's uh, if it's a used one, it might have been my boss's. It, is it red? It, well, his was red. Yeah. And I, I haven't yeah. been in, but it, yeah. the dealers, it, whatever the building is, whatever they want to call it, it there were a lot of people inside. Yeah. No, so, I'll, uh, I'll, my uh, my boss, the uh, the you know my boss's boss's boss kind of thing. The president of AAA uh, has a Tesla. And he uh, tra- well, he had a Tesla. He traded in and bought a new one because he wanted the all-wheel drive version. And uh, uh, he um, he showed me a video that he did, and uh, he was standing out inside of out in front of his house, and he ha- he has just a kind of normal looking kind of garrison garrison style, not a fancy looking house with a two car garage, and he's standing out in front of his house, and he pushes a button on his key fob, and the garage door opens up, and the car backs out of the garage pulls down by the edge of the sidewalk and then the garage door closed. Hmm. And he never, you know, and and the car it has a feature called summon me where it will bring the car to your key fob. I wouldn't trust. That's a little Scary. It looks like uh, sounds like a Stephen King novel. Well, well, and it also it also you know it has the self driving option, which is why it can do that. And uh, I, I said to him, "How come you got the self driving option?" He's like, "I'm sixty six years old." He says, I, "I think maybe I can use a little bit of help." And it's kind of interesting. He's actually he's, he's actually in a I guess more AAA information anyone needs to know. He's actually an accountant by trade, if you will, but he uh, he loves to restore older cars, and he has uh, three or four older cars, and, uh, you know, I told somebody about it, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he doesn't work on them. I'm like, no, he actually does. In fact, he has a buddy with an old little body shop, and he said he spends most of the weekends at the body shop, you know, tinkering with his cars. So, If, you, if you'd like to see an array of some beautiful old cars, um, Hulu, which I've just subscribed to, made a movie, uh, or a company made a movie out of the Stephen King book, Eleven twenty three sixty three about oh. the Kennedy assassination, and the the main character drives in the book. It was a nineteen fifty two or fifty three Ford Skyliner. Oh, okay. And but here in the movie, I guess maybe they couldn't find one. There's a beautiful fifty eight um, uh, Ford uh, Skyliner, and it has it's, uh, it's uh, yellow and black with wow. a stripe on the side. Um, a fairly convertible. Um, you can maybe tell it was an earlier model. Mm. They had a bank of, of uh, two banks of, of three lights in yep. the back. Yep. Uh, but I think you had to pay extra because this one doesn't have backup lights. Mm. But uh, but it's a beautiful car nonetheless yeah. and uh, looks totally drivable, at least in the movie. And there are just 
all the cars from the uh, 50s and 60s and earlier that you see uh, going through the street. So it's... it's yeah, uh, I, I always like seeing that sort of stuff. Hey, Paul, always a pleasure. You. Thank you very much. All right, take Have care. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030. Let's talk to a very patient Tom. Tom? Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? Very good, thank you. I'm the one that says, why is she so uh, happy? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, she's always, Maria's always happy, you That's know? nice. Yeah. Yeah, caught yeah. me off guard a little bit. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, just you talking about uh, telephones. It was funny that I was over my father's house, and he's got the old-fashioned kitchen wall phone. Oh, yeah. So, dial, so do I. A dial phone. Oh, I don't have a dial phone. What dial you... phone down in the basement. Oh, a dial phone. Well, it's funny. We had... When we first moved into our house a million years ago, mm-hmm. I was working in a garage, and there was a uh, there was a desk dial phone, and it said the hotline on it was bright red, and it was an old AT and T, you know, as old as can be yep. dial phone, and I took it home with me because nobody knew it was just sitting there. I took it home and 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 plugged it in, and it worked, and it sat in our basement for years, and you could I I swear you could hammer nails with the thing. Wow. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was about as solid a it was about as solid a phone as it could be and uh and it was it was just uh you know it was just a, a goofy old phone. We had it around for a while and I think I got finally finally tired of actually dialing the phone, but you know it's funny cuz I was down in the basement doing something for my dad and I had my granddaughter with us and uh I said to her, "Call Nanny and tell her we'll be home in about a half an hour." Mhm. She didn't know how to use a dial phone. Dial phone, a yeah. Kitchen wall phone down in my dad's basement. Yeah. How to dial, you know, the eight, the seven. Yeah. I, then I showed her, and then I said, you know what? Imagine if you had a busy signal. What do you have to do? You have to hang up and dial again. You don't have redial. Yeah. You know, one of those things. It's like, wow. I said, yep, that's what we had to go through back in our days. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we walked uphill to school in both directions. Exactly. And, yeah. No. And you it, also it, said you got a, uh, a warning for uh, speeding. I got a warning for ticking a right on red. Okay. How long does the warning stay? Say, for example, I was in Weymouth, and I get it, and that's where I was. Yep. I took a right on red, not realizing it's at nighttime. I didn't see the sign that says you couldn't. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, well, there's a sign there, so be careful. And he, yep. you know, the yep. finger in the face. And I said, thank yep. you very much. And so there's a warning. Is that on my record? Is that something that if I went to the town of Norwell and got pulled over for going through a, a red light or something like that? Would they see that warning? What, according to the registry, I asked the same question because okay. because we can uh, we're you know we're not supposed to have we're supposed to have clean driving records at work. Right. And I said to I was with some place and it was somebody from the registry there, and I asked them the same question, and they said, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't appear at all unless they do a deep dive on your record unless they really do some research then it will show up for, it'll be there for a year so a warning would be there for it'll be a there year. for a year but for instance if like my employer at AAA if AAA said hey uh, we want to uh, we we want to run your driving record and if they just did it the way they would normally run anyone else's driving record, it wouldn't show up because it would just be a warning. Uh, but if the police ran it, it would, in fact, show up for up to a year. So if I got stopped in the town of Abington, we'll say, yep. got pulled over for whatever reason. You'll get a ticket because that's how we are. Oh, in Abington. Yeah. Okay, let's pick another town. <laughs> exactly. I forgot about that. Um, but in another town, would they see that warning on there? 
I yeah I don't I, I the way I understand it it's no they actually have to go like the the, the next level lower yeah okay yeah well that's yeah. interesting how yeah. it works yeah but it's it's it stays here for at the end of a year it goes away and what ha- what happened with me I was um I was actually driving to New York to the New York Auto Show mm-hmm. it was three thirty in the morning I was on uh, Route eighty four in Sturbridge oh yeah and I was. I was speeding. Admittedly, I was speeding. And I see a state trooper parked in a rest area just sitting there with his lights off. And as I'm zipping by, I kind of said to myself, I wonder how fast you have to go to get him out of the rest area. Well, however fast I was going was that fast. Because all of a sudden I see his headlights go on. And I'm like, oh. So no. I, as, soon, as soon as I saw his headlights go on, I, I, I was the only one on the road. I started to pull over, and he pulled up behind me, and he said, uh, license and registration. I said, well, here's my license. The registration may be a bit of a challenge. And he goes, why is that? And I said, well, it's not my car. I write about cars, and I'm on my way to New York to the auto show. And I said, I'll, I'll keep looking to see if there's some sort of registration in the car because it had a manufacturer plate on it. And uh, he comes back, and he says to me, uh, he says to me, uh, yeah, um, yeah, the plate ran. The plate came up fine. He said, "Don't worry about the registration." And oh, uh, he and he said to me, "I'm just going to give you a warning." And I said, oh, "I appreciate that." I said, "You know, the other part is I actually work for AAA. I'm the traffic safety guy." And he uh, he took the warning, threw it in the window, and laughed and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and, a good thing. And, and his last words were, "Keep it under 80." <gasps> so I said, "Yes, sir." So. So then, for the rest of the way, I was more like seventy. So, but yeah. I wasn't, and I think I was. I, I was probably going seventy-five, maybe touched on eight. But I was in a, I was in an Audi RS8, so high performance car. But literally the only one on the road at three thirty in the morning in Sturbridge. So, I, I deserved to get the, I deserved to get the warning. Yeah, you did break the law supposedly. I, yeah, I did. I did. There was no question. It's so funny when my wife and I lived in Arizona. Just quickly, the speed limit coming down I ten was 75 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I was doing 86, 87 miles an hour, driving down in my 88 Nissan pickup truck, five-speed standard, nothing fancy, Yep, got 97 horsepowers, um, and cars are passing me like I'm standing still. I couldn't believe it. Then a state trooper goes right by me like a bullet. Mm. Like, you're kidding me. Here I am doing 86 in a 75 zone. And I thought anything over 10 miles, I said, oh, I'm pushing it. But mm. cars are passing me. Yep. Just like you see on the expressway here in Boston. Cars are passing yep. you, even though you're going 10 miles over the speed limit. It's just crazy how people drive. Yeah. Be so careful. No, you, you really do. I almost was wondering, though, if, you know, if I was doing uh, 79 again and, you know, got stopped like 20 minutes later. And if I said, no, the guy up there said just stay under 80, you know, if that would work. But Let's I'm, do you think, I'm, I'm do you thinking think? probably not. So do you think that state trooper was sitting there and he had that, um, whatever he's got, the radar yeah. set on, he was taking a little cruise, and when they hit a certain... Hey, it, it, he could have been there, he could have he had it, up. you know, he could have had it set on, you know, 75, and yeah. that was just enough, for the, you know, the radar gun beeped, that was enough to make him go, oh, what's going on here? You woke and, him up. Well, I, 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 <laughs> he seemed pretty awake. Yeah, um, good. And again, I think it was because I was uh, I was the only one on the road, and you know I I think sometimes my ride to work in the morning people are doing you know are driving faster than that, but you know at that at that time of night you know most of the time at that time of night who's going to be out you know it's going to be people looking either they're in trouble or they're looking to get in trouble so. 
Right, right. You know, so, uh, you know, from the from the cops I talk to all the time, you know, they'd like to say that, you know, some of their best arrests come from, you know, you know, uh, dedicated police work. And they said, honestly, it comes from just sometimes things like an expired inspection sticker or an expired plate. And that turns into some of their best, you know, their best arrests to get bad guys because it's just something that, you know, it's just that's why they never want to do away with the plate sticker on the car or, or an inspection sticker because it's a reason just to just to stop somebody and and they get a lot of they they get a lot of bad guys off the off the um, off Which the road and thing. other people's you know other people's lives. So I still watch those sh- old shows, the the cops show, mm-hmm. and like I said, it's just a tail light out or a license plate yep. out or they run the numbers, pull them over, everything okay, license registration. Yep. All of a sudden, they find this little bag of powder. They find this little, you know, the marijuana, and for medicinal purposes, of course. And then they find out they got a couple warrants. Yep. Like I said, it just opened up some whole bag of worms. No, there was, there was, uh, you know, years ago, my house got broken into, and they ended up catching one of the people because it was a routine traffic stop in East Bridgewater, and that's how, that's how it happens. So. And just one quick other thing. Yep. Talk about Ernie Bach. Was it his dad that used to break the windshields on cars? He he was uh, he was responsible for some of them, but it was also a guy up in Maine. It was like crazy somebody up in Maine, I think, too. But but Ernie did break some windshields. But there was a somebody said there was a story that went along with that, and it had something to do with some insurance. I don't know. There was there was a, there's a story to a story. I remember John White from the Boston Globe telling me it had something to do with hail damage and something else and there was a there was a reason why so why he would go around yeah 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 but there was yeah it was it was to get attention but it was also there was something to do with insurance in there i remember that story so (laughs) yeah have to have to call john white up he's still he's still lives up in new hampshire somewhere oh that's good all right have a great week okay take care tom bye-bye 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, 617-770-3030, phone lines are open. If you want to uh, call in and tell stories like Tom and Paul, that's perfectly acceptable. You can do that. We have about 15 minutes to go. Uh, our phone number again, 617-770-3030. I love talking to people about all kinds of stuff. If you have a problem with your car or you want to know if there's a recall or, or a technical service bulletin, call us up. We'll see if we can figure it out. We'll be right back. WROL Boston. North of Boston, listeners, the newest Irish traditional pub, Bun Ratty Tavern, Main Street Ratty, has all things Irish from traditional dishes like beef stew, shepherd's pie, full Irish breakfast, corned beef and cabbage, to entertainment with Aaron's Guild, Boxty, Patsy Whalen, the Jolly Tinkers, the McTaggarts, Boston's Aaron Oak, the Silver Spears, Irish Wispa, and more. Open every day for lunch and dinner. Breakfast is served Saturday and Sunday with our unique tableside omelets prepared by Executive Chef David. Sitting at the beautiful warm, handmade, ornate bar you'll think you've left and gone to Ireland. This week, Patsy Whalen and Paul Kenny on Saturday, our traditional Irish session on Sunday starting at 2 and led by Connemara's own Frank McDonough. Next weekend, Tommy Courtney and Alan locked in on Thursday, the Silver Spears on Friday and Cara's Fancy on Saturday. Host Jim and Eilish are always around for a chat. Check out the website at bunrattytavern.com or call 781-779-8245 for reservations or information. 
Nutramost in Woburn has an incredible program where you can lose 40 pounds in just 40 days. The program is changing lives and it changed Anto's completely. Just listen to his testimony. I actually put on 100 pounds after my injury, over many, many years that is. But literally 90 of that 100 is gone now and it's just amazing. I mean, the diet's amazing. There was no hunger. The foods were lovely. I, I enjoyed selecting the, the foods that, you know, was within the plan. I had great energy. I wasn't hungry. And the most amazing thing about the diet is, is that when you stand on the scale every day, the scale goes down. Just to get up every morning and stand on the scale, it was very motivating and you couldn't wait to the next day. It's really, really changed my life. It's really brought me back to where I was before my, my injury. Just like Anto, a patient of Dr. Pendolino's at Nutramost Woburn, this program can change your life too. Visit Nutramost Woburn at 500 Cummings Park in Woburn or on the web at newenglandweightloss.com. As in, don't wait to see them. I'm consumer investigator Dale Cardwell. As we age, many people consider buying safety products like walk-in baths. You know, the tubs with a door. Lots of folks don't buy them because they hear horror stories of defects and leaks. So imagine my surprise when I evaluated the Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath and discovered it provides a bathing experience like no other. Designed and engineered to allow independence, comfort, and safety, Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath also promotes good health. Combining several restorative therapies, Vantage offers a relaxing bathing experience right in your own home. And here's what really impressed me. Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath has earned the good housekeeping seal. Vantage Bath adds value to your home, but more important, lets you stay in your home safely. As a bonus for a limited time, Vantage will extend a $1,500 credit to the first 50 callers toward the purchase of a Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath. Why wait? Call 800-USA-BATH right now for information on the Vantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath. Call 800-USA-BATH now or see us on the web at 800USABath.com. Now, let's get back to the car doctor. to the Car Doctor program on AM 950 WROL, the spirit of Boston. Well, I just pulled an article out of the paper that said recalls related to Takata fatally flawed airbags have been underway for several years, uh, though the scope of the problem only became apparent to many people in 2014. The supplier and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration have been investigating devices for longer since at least 2008. Unfortunately, none of these probes have conclusively determined what caused the airbags to explode, killing at least 10 people and injuring more than 100. Takarda's bizarre insistence that the bags or airbags are totally safe hasn't helped, nor the company's internal culture of deceit. And this is whoever wrote this article. I think it came out of Automotive News. Um, and so in February 2015, 10 of Takarda's biggest clients took matters into their own hands. Now they say they've clearly identified the underlying problem or rather problems. The clients include BMW, Fiat, Chrysler, Ford, General Motors, Honda, Mazda, Mitsubishi, Nissan, Subaru, and Toyota. Last year, they created something called the Independent Testing Coalition and hired a rocket scientist from Orbital ATK to get to the root of the problem. And it has. Scientists have identified three and possibly four underlying issues that have caused the airbags to explode. Ammonium nitrate 
While this compound has long been thought to be the fundamental problem with the airbags, ITC studies show that Takata's particular formulation of ammonium nitrate, which doesn't use a um, desiccant, that's the, you know, the little package of stuff that comes in electronics that says don't eat it? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a desiccant. That, um, so that helps things keep dry. It doesn't have that. So that's one of the reasons stuff gets wet. Moisture, ammonium nitrate, isn't generally known for stability. It was, after all, used in the 1986 Oklahoma City bombing. However, ITC notes that it becomes exponentially worse when exposed to moisture, including humid air. So that's why the problems have been more in the southern states like Florida. High temperatures, ITC studies show that the explosion of the Takata's ammonium nitrates are most likely under high temperatures. This helps explain why airbag-related deaths like I just said, tended to occur in warm climates rather than cold ones, even cold ones with high humidity levels. The airbag inflator assembly, ITC hasn't conclusively shown that the inflator assembly is a weakness, but tests suggest that it doesn't do a good job of shielding the ammonium nitrate from moisture. ITC says that 28 million Takata airbags have been recalled some 23 million of them make use of this ammonium nitrate formula, which could suggest that 5 million devices are being recalled unnecessarily. However, as reported earlier, up to 90 million additional Takata airbags employ the compound and could be recalled in coming years. So there's the reason. It all has to do with this formulation of an explosive, which is what makes the airbags do their thing, and also um, the... The inflator assembly, that's what actually turns into pieces of stuff flying in the air because it gets brittle and breaks up. Speaking of recalls, General Motors is recalling 3,000 Chevrolet Colorado and GMC Canyons from the 2015 model year, according to NHTSA. Some of the vehicles may suffer from an electrical problem that could make them more difficult to steer, including a risk of accidents. Um, it's interesting, an electrical problem causes steering issues now, but that's how it is. The problem is rooted in a connector manufactured by the Mando America Corporation based in Hogansville, Georgia. And the affected vehicle's torque sensor harness connection was damaged during functional testing at the supplier. A stuck pin in the steering gear supplier's test device caused a permanent uh, deformation to the contact spring and the torque sensor connector which affected the issue it's very similar to what happened with the wez studios i think the connector had a had a deformation in it and that's what caused it not to work in the uh if the connection should fail power steering assist would be lost making the vehicles more hard to steer especially at low speeds uh uh, so it's not very many vehicles. It's 2015 Colorados built between January and March. Canyons built between January and March. Total recall doesn't affect very many vehicles. If you own one of those, GM will notify owners in a recall by mail. If you have a question, you can call Chevrolet Service at 800-222-1020 or GMC Service 800-462-8782. Ask about recall number 15595. You can also call NHTSA. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration at 888-327-4236. The NHTSA website is pretty good now. You can actually go on their website, safercar.gov is the other way to look at it. And you can actually put in your car's vehicle identification number. So you don't have to put in make and model. You put in the vehicle identification number, it'll tell you if there's any open recalls of that particular one. Where before you were kind of looking at, oh, I have a 2014 Subaru 
some Subarus were recalled and some weren't. This actually does it right down to the serial number. Um, so I happen to have the serial number of our Volkswagen at work. And I put it in, and good to know there's no recalls. So. Who else makes airbags a question from the audience? Um, I don't know. I think Bosch makes airbags, and um, I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But I'm, I'm pretty sure I think Bosch does, and uh, Siemens might, too. Well, someone seems to think that with all the Academy Award stuff that... Somebody should give an Academy Award for car interiors. And some of them they thought were some of the best. It said, and here's the, here's the news release. It's time for Academy Awards, red carpets, big limousines, beautiful dresses, the music that reminds award, reward recipients that it's time to get off the stage so the show can move on. They do have that problem sometimes. In the spirit of the Academy Awards, uh, Auto Trader decided that they wanted to come up with their own 10 best car interiors for cars under $40,000. The best one they liked was the 2016 Acura RDX interior, um, which is nice, but I think they're better. The 2017 Buick LaCrosse, which is uh, quite fancy. The 2016 Chevrolet Camaro, they said they were a little disappointed when they saw the early updates for the Camaro since the sports car hasn't received an especially thorough makeover on the um, on the outside. But then they climbed inside and they were uh, really surprised how nice the interior was. It traded away last year's gimmicky design for a whole new look that actually reminds of, of a high-end sports cars, luxury sports cars. The Ford Fusion, they've always liked the interior of the Fusion Ford's uh, midsize sedan, but they especially like the design of the latest model. It combines a high-end experience with all business control layout. Um, what's really nice about the layout of the all-new Fusion is it's, it's done away with touch screens, and it's gone back to buttons and knobs to make things actually work better. The new Jaguar XE, which I have yet to see, that's their smaller Jaguar. It's under $40,000, and they say it may not be as opulent or as luxurious as the XJ sedan, but it isn't far off. More importantly, it starts at under $36,000, which means you can have luxury Jaguar touches without paying a fortune for like an XJ, which is about $80,000. And the other one they really liked was the Kia Optima. The Kia Optima has been redesigned for 2016, shedding last year's interior, already one of uh, their favorites for a new cabin with nicer materials and better control layout. The new model center uh, control stack could be mistaken for BMW. It does look a little like it. And finally, the Lexus NX. The jury's still out about the NX unusual exterior styling, but they were thrilled how the SUV turned out on the inside with the sharp exterior edges that can look a little bit too extreme, but they translate into an interior that looks a little bit more youthful. And finally, the Lincoln MKC, um, which they like the traditional look of it. And they like the quality interior. One of my coworkers, his wife is looking for a small SUV, and he wanted to know what she's kind of looking at the Acura RDX and the Audi Q7. I kind of was leaning towards the Audi Q7. I think it's a little bit nicer car, better handling, quieter on the road. The Acura RDX, I still think, is really just a really gussied up CRV with a V6 engine. 
although they like the interior, the latest one, so I could be wrong on that. And the other one I told them was a wild card, which I haven't driven, is the Lexus NX, which I actually like that car a lot, but it's um, but I haven't driven it, so I don't I have I really can't say what I really think of it. And they're working feverishly in the corner on his doctorate's degree, is Paul Sullivan. Am I right on that? Is is he really feverishly working on his doctorate's degree? He might be, yeah. He might be, yeah. For some reason, your microphone's not working. No, I think it's broken. I think it's finally broken. Nope. Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Well, we can't talk to Paul then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Or we'll swing that one over. Just one of those days, I guess, with electronics and... There we go. How's that? That worked? That one did, yeah. Test one, two. Yeah, that, yeah. so Paul will be able to talk when Check. when he when he does his own show, so that'd be nice. Yep. Hey, so... I, I think uh, it's just not... Pl- I think it's broken. <laughs> I think it's finally broken. Broken. Yeah, so... Which is good, because it's been breaking, so I think it finally just broke. So. Hey, by the way, nice job parking in these... Yeah, these I know. Spots. Joanne said that to me too. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's big. You know, Marie, to uh, focus, zoom in on that. Uh, <laughs> on my on my less than dynamic parking. It job is. It there. is a big, big. It's vehicle. a. It's a pretty. It's a pretty. It's it's kind of imposing. Although it's not as big as you would think, but it's pretty. Uh, now Marie is pointing to it, which yeah. is even more interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, Cape Cod St. Patrick's Day parade next weekend. Huh? Next week, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, We're doing a remote today down in Attleboro. So, uh, really? Yeah, we've got remotes um, galore. Remotes, remotes are us, weeks. huh? Remote, and yeah. not to mention what's yeah. going to happen on St. Patrick's yeah, Day. Yeah, what, what's, what's going on down in Attleboro today? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when I get where Marita is, is and have all the, the let us know? available. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and how about uh, next weekend at the Cape Cod St. Patrick's Day Parade? Uh, oh, that, that we've done... Several years in a row Maybe. now, we know what we're doing. Well, yeah, and uh, Matt will be down there. I think Seamus will be down there, and they'll be uh, between Captain Parker's Pub and yep. the Cape Cod Irish Village mm-hmm. and the parade itself. And uh, it's um, that you, well, you know, yeah. being uh, affiliated with the Cape in a lot of ways, and you, you know the yeah. lay of the land, you yeah. know the parade yeah. route no, from start no. to finish. I, I actually tried really to do my, grown. I tried to do my program from. Captain Parker's on the morning of the St. Patrick's Day Parade once. Gets it, a little it, bit busy in there. Well, it did, but it didn't go well because um, um, we tried to use the remote equipment that uses the uh, uses a <laughs> Wi-Fi card thing, right. and it didn't go well. And so we went to uh, Plan B, which was the telephone dial-up mm-hmm. connector. Yeah. And the problem is their only phone jack was up, I think, in... Uh, in uh, uh, who's the owner down there? Uh, uh, Jerry Man- Jerry Manning's office. Yeah. And fortunately, there was a guy sitting at the bar who was a carpenter. He went and got a drill and drilled a hole through a wall and dropped a wire down, which See? was nice. Yeah. And we were, they were back on the air, and things was, were all good. Name MacGyver. So. <laughs> <laughs> I it's something I would have done myself. So uh, thanks, MacGyver. Yeah, yeah, I know. So it, it all worked out good, and Jerry was happy, and he bought me a Bloody Mary, so that was good. And uh, and uh, just uh, but it was, it's it's always a fun time down there. The parades the parades great, and the parades great um, no matter what the weather. So all well, kinds of and that's stuff. what I was talking to Johnny Fallon about last week. Um, you know. The, the, some years the weather's been absolutely fabulous and then it rains or when it rains it pours it doesn't just sprinkle mm. it, uh, you know it, yeah. the deluge comes upon yeah. them. Um, but you're right um, sometimes that brings out uh, 
that brings people up to the challenges, yep. and they have more fun, and yep. uh, it's, no, it's a more I, intense time. I, and and uh, I went to go see Seamus at the uh, Irish Village one time. It was pouring like crazy, mm-hmm. and I heard him on the air, and he said, there's plenty of shelter. Yeah. And so, I, and that got ten thousand people down there. It was, it was, yeah, but he was having a good time, and so wasn't everybody else. So. Stevie Callahan, who used to be my producer um, back in the Stewart Street days and uh, the Saugus Marsh yep. days, um, he he tells the time we were de- we were doing one of the uh, Irish festivals, and at this time they were at Stonehill College, yep. and it was like the worst day ever. It was it was raining so hard that they they parked cars in. Well, they weren't parking. Yep. They were like overflows, yep. and they were just uh, you know grass fields. Mm-hmm. And um, it was so bad that they had to tow people. <laughs> they had to have a tow truck come and tow people out of the mud. Now I'm on the radio yep. trying to get people, people to come interested there. to yep. the festival and come down here. And so um, he said, "You said the funniest thing I ever heard. You just said uh, there's there's no line at the food tents today." <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah. Come no on line now. at the food tent. Come on now. Char- I, I think they were charging yeah. like fifty dollars to park and then fifty dollars to get your car towed out okay. of the mud. But, but there was no line at the food tent, no, so it was no all line good. At the food tent, right? Hey, uh, speaking of things, next week I will be at the AAA Travel Marketplace at Gillette Stadium. I won't be at the parade, but I will be at the Travel Marketplace. So if you're if you're in the neighborhood of Gillette Stadium next week, uh, I will be broadcasting live between eight thirty and ten. I'll be hanging around a bit. Wait, wait a minute. I'm in the trip. neighborhood of Gillette Stadium. Can I come? Sure. Do my show. Yeah. Yeah. You can if you want. Yeah. No. Yeah. I cut you off. You're going to yeah. say something really brilliant. I don't think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to book a trip for my uh, wedding anniversary in December. But uh, how many years? Yeah, forty. Yeah, I know. We'll see if I make it that long. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to get going. Paul Sullivan, the Irish Hit Parade is coming up next. The very best in Irish music. Till next week, make sure you wear your seatbelt, drive safely, and be good to your car. Talk to you all next week. Bye bye.